Hey everybody, James Coe here from The Athletic and DirecTV's Fantasy Zone. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. And welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You are joined by me, your host, David Davenport. I have also got the regular Tim in the room and also Rob from the Full 10Y family. However, we have also got a special guest in the room today, Chris Robin at Detroit Beastie. How are you doing, Chris? Are you okay? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. I get a little piece of Detroit, Michigan here over the pond, as you guys so eloquently put it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for coming on. And I always think it just adds that little bit of extra authenticity to, to the podcast to have the American accent on there. Um, so really, yeah, massive thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on. And yeah, again, with the time zones, it's a bit obviously a lot earlier in the day for you. So uh, yeah, thank you for scheduling your day. I believe you've had a uh, busy day so far. You've done a, a tour of Europe, as it's been described on Twitter. Yeah, I was uh, just recently in Finland, right outside of Helsinki from uh, what I gathered, and now I'm here with you guys in the UK, England, and uh, I'm so excited and I'm happy because I I read the the email that we the emails that we exchanged, and one hate to fast forward, but one of the questions in the the script that you sent me was, have you ever been on a an English uh, type of podcast? And I'm just elated, and that's why I wanted to get to it now. No first time for me so uh take it easy on me uh and we'll go from there <laughs> fantastic you, uh, chris are you, are you a cup of tea fan do you like tea uh sleepy time tea sure in the evening with uh some chamomile i think we put in there or i think it comes already with chamomile on there have a, a warm cup of tea that way and uh knocks me right up well, there was that video that caused quite the stir on Twitter. It was uh, either last week or the week before. Yeah, uh, that's what American lady out. putting the cup of hot, the cup of cold water in the microwave. <laughs> Absolutely butchered. And then she poured a bit of milk in, then sugar, and then then was dunking a tea bag in, and that had um, that had British Twitter up in a storm. If, it, if that if that cup of tea was an NFL player, it'd be Kevin White. <laughs> Oof, I. Pretty safe to say I would never do that. I when I drink my coffee, <laughs> there there's no sugar or cream in my coffee. Straight up, same thing with my tea. I, I like uh, like the the natural flavor, the originality of it all, if you will. Your, how did you get into the NFL? Obviously, it's more a lot more ingrained in the in the culture over there. So, so how long have you been following the NFL and particularly the, the Detroit Lions? Uh, I would say since uh, I, I just turned 36 in April, so I would say since the day I was born, my late father uh, was a huge uh, born and raised in Detroit in the city proper. And the day I was born, I would been told I had a, a Detroit Lions bonnet on or, a, you know, a spit up rag on, you know, a bib, I think. I think it's called. So since the day I was born and then I've learned uh, how to be a man and how to uh, treat ladies and treat everybody with respect from my late father uh something i was very thankful for and he instilled the the lion's pride 
in me at a very young age. So talking 36 years here. Great to hear. And over those 36 years, what would you say has been your favorite moment as a Detroit Lions fan? Slim pickings on that front, isn't it? There's, uh, there's, there's been no Super Bowl appearances. There's been a few uh, uh, playoff appearances, but we're talking in the Barry Sanders days in the early 90s. So I would say the, the favorite thing for me as a Detroit Lions fan is always the Thanksgiving Day game. It's, uh, I don't have to explain Thanksgiving to you guys. Uh, it's pretty well known across the board. But I love going down there and tailgating with friends and family in the morning because normally the Lions Thanksgiving Day game is like a 1230 uh, Eastern start time here. And then so you can tailgate with your friends, uh, have a deep fried turkey leg, whatever. I know you guys make fun of Americans as, you know, we're fat pigs and we eat fast food and whatever. But uh, I agree. I agree to a certain extent. And then you're able to go home in time and be with uh, the rest of your family and watch the later game. So to be honest with you, it's, it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is such a football, uh, it's football celebrated big time in the America in general, but even more so in Detroit with all the theatrics and the parades and the family and the friends. So I don't have one specific game because there hasn't been many, uh, not much to talk about as far as Lions winning is concerned. So I'll just give you a general idea. It's Lions Thanksgiving Day football. Yeah, totally. Okay, so I was going to ask one question. Rather than if you're, if you're a Detroit fan, do they just ask you how many, how many Thanksgiving games you, you've seen the Detroit Lions win rather than asking your age? Or <laughs> They ask me how many NFC North championships have they won since, since you've been born. And it's, I, can believe I, can count on, <laughs> I believe I can count on one hand. No, but your loyalty, your loyalty is commendable. So moving over to the fantasy football side of things, how many leagues would you say you're typically in of a year? Uh, that's a great question because I recently, I was always the guy that was never said no. Hey, you want to join a league? Uh, a lot of them were free. Some of them were money. And there was a time when I was in 20 plus, even, you know, 30 to 31 leagues. And then after a while, it just got to be too much. So this coming season in 2020 will be the first time that I've cut down and I'm only actually going to be in four leagues this season. And it's just a huge weight off my shoulders because with that many teams and leagues, it's like, what's the point? Is it to just uh, tell everybody, Oh, I'm in 30 leagues. I'm, Mm. I'm the man. I'm really good at fantasy football. When in turn, you're just hurting yourself and the team that teams that you're uh, playing because you don't know, I don't know, who I sent the offer to, what my waiver wire looked like. It's just so much confusion. So I've cut down drastically. And again, I'm only in uh, four, maybe five leagues this coming season. So that means that you've gotten to choose which league you remain in. So what is your preference of a league? If you were to start an absolute brand new league tomorrow, what would the format be, the rules, et cetera? And most importantly, would you include kickers or not? Uh, Great question. So to answer that, I... I love IDP, individual defensive player, and I'm not talking just one or two players. I'm talking where you field a whole defense, two defensive ends, a D tackle, three starting linebackers, and then you differentiate. Instead of just DB, you uh, specify. You have two cornerbacks, two safeties, and then your offensive roster. Just one quarterback, nothing crazy, not a super flex. So I would say a 12-man, 12-team league, full IDP, uh, full point PPR. That's my, my dream scenario. And the kicker? Mm, not necessarily. Uh, 
I get it. I'm not, uh, I'm in, I'm indifferent to the whole thing. Uh, I get it. You know, you have these people that jokingly say, well, kickers matter. Uh, they do, but I could take it or leave it. It'd be up to the, the commissioner of the league and I would accept it, uh, Either way, you sliced it there. Fantastic. Well, uh, yeah, it's great to get to know you, uh, Chris. So just tell us a little bit about your work. Give yourself the, the shameless plug while, you're, while you've got the opportunity to do so. Sure. I appreciate uh, you giving me the chance, and I appreciate even more having me on. Uh, I feel like it was a long time coming. We've, we've interacted uh, here and there on Twitter and finally asked to be on. And uh, I made my schedule free for you guys because I – just love talking fantasy football or IDP or just life in general with good people. So uh, born and raised in Detroit. Uh, I don't live there now. I'm uh, like 20 minutes north, so it's hop on the freeway. I'm there uh, quickly. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Beastie, uh, head writer, uh, head content guy at DFS Cheat Sheet. It is more of a DFS kind of site, Daily Fantasy Sports, FanDuel, DraftKings, that kind of thing. But given the the pandemic and the lull in uh, DFS, I've kind of been able to really re, I don't want to say re-up, but like refine my love for uh, writing seasonal content, you know, when it comes to dynasty leagues, IDP stuff, things of that nature. So I'm very happy to be a part of a website such as DFS Cheat Sheet, where the the cre- my creativity has never once been stifled. They've never told me no ever. I, I, I'm allowed to, I have carte blanche, as they say, where anything and everything goes. I've never been told that uh, uh, that article idea is kind of silly or, you know, that first sentence in your article is kind of stupid. There's nothing like that. I have uh, free range, free, free reign of the website and my creativity has really uh, been able to you know, shine here. So at Detroit Beastie, shout out to Jeremy at DFS dude. He's the owner, creator, founder of uh, DFS Cheat Sheet. I, I couldn't be more happier. Brilliant. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Rob, also welcome to the show. Have you been uh, hit by the storms this week in the UK? Yeah, getting very wet over here in uh, in not so sunny Peterborough. Um, yeah, it's it's been nice though because I'm obviously a groundsman uh, or greenkeeper at a golf course. So to see that the the grass was going nice and yellow and dry, uh, this rain over the last few days will really help, and and we we did it. So not going to get any complaints from me about the weather. Yeah, it's been uh, it's just been continuous thunderstorm here over in Crew. Same with you, Tim. It's been the same in Surrey. Yeah, pretty much. I just want to circle back 15 minutes where you called me the regular Tim. Now, what does that mean? Regular Tim? <laughs> I heard that, actually. The regular Tim, yeah. I was saying on it. What? The regular Tim? I was, I was trying to say that you're a, you're a regular on the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm just, I'm, just pulling, I'm just pulling your chain. I'm pulling your chain. As opposed to the... Uh, no, no I'm, 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 I'm all good, yes. It bucketed down today. But uh, today I made one of life's grave errors. Obviously, you've got the, uh, you know, you don't step under ladders. You don't break any mirrors. And you also don't eat spaghetti bolognese with a white T-shirt on. And I made that grave error today. So <laughs> I got... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can... You can put two and two together, but you can uh, you can tell kind of what, what the outcome was there. So. Yeah, but I wasn't allowed to have spaghetti bolognese until I was probably into my teens for that very reason. So, um, but and again, you've got a few more years to wait then. <laughs> my my wife still strips me like on, on my t-shirt and 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 the kid as well. We sit there naked eating um, eating spaghetti bolognese. Oh, but you, you can't beat it though. 
So without further ado, let's get into the bones of today's podcast. So today we are talking all about ADP and it is a buyer's beware podcast. So today we will be discussing those players that should not be touched their current ADP. And yeah, just the players that you want no piece of, the ones that you see on the board and you think I will let you be somebody else's problem, whether that's because of low production, the lack of touches within their, their fantasy team, or whether it's injury concerns, you do not want to take that risk on this year. So, Tim, who is Hi. your number one player that you are not touching at their current ADP and why? So, the player that I'm not touching at their current ADP is the Tennessee Titans wide receiver, AJ Brown. Uh, this is in re- mainly in redraft leagues. Obviously, Dynasty, you can, you know, obviously he's got years and years and years ahead of him, but it's, pre- it's purely the situation that he's in at the moment. You can currently find him at the back, of, well, probably around the mid of the fourth round if you look at Fantasy Football Calculator or, or the UDK if you've got one of those from the Fantasy Footballers. But um, look at going back, you know, I've not been a big AJ Brown fan, and even just on, on the surface of it, it's just basically down to team style. You know, you look at Ryan Tannehill they were 31st the Titans were ranked 31st in terms of pass attempts and uh, 24% of their drives ended in a score Oh, sorry, 20, uh, 24th ranked, not 24%. Um, you know, they're, they're a run-first team. They like to run the ball. They've got Derek Henry, who's in, obviously, probably the final year in his ten- tenure there over at Tennessee. I can't see him being re-signed. So they're just going to absolutely run him uh, into the ground. And then looking a bit more into, you know, deeper into A.J. Brown, he had 465 uh, yards after the catch last season, which is about 44% of his total of over 1,000 and, you know, 1,051 he, he got as well. So, um, you know, I, I don't like, I'm not a guy that likes to rely on yards after the catch um you know to, to be fair to him he, he did he did really well towards the end of the season uh, had a total of five games of over 100 yards and he actually ended the last five games of the season as the wide receiver two averaging just short of 19 fantasy points per game um, But if you look at the first half of the season yes he was a rookie obviously came into the league but he was a wide receiver th- uh, three in week four but then you know before their week by their week 11 bye the best, the best outside of that was wide receiver 29. And there was six out of 10 games where he was outside the top 50 uh, of wide receivers. So yes, he, he caught fire towards the end of the season. So you, you can bake in, you know, it's a bit of um, recency bias in there with him. Obviously he, he, you know, if you've got yards after the catch and you're making big plays, he's going to stick in the minds of fantasy football players. Um, but I, I'm not going to be picking him on a team where they're run first uh, orientated and, and Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, looking into his stats last season, had five games where he threw over 250 yards and that's not the greatest, uh, that's not the greatest pie to eat from uh, if you are a wide receiver. Um, and then finally, for the cherry on top of the, uh, the, the ice cream sundae, you're picking him obviously round four looking at probably the wide receiver two area is going to be your second wide receiver on your team other guys in the area I would much rather have so you've got Robert Woods Keenan Allen DJ Moore in that area Uh, and if you know putting them next to to AJ Brown uh, I'm more I'm well more than happy to to take those first three guys ahead of him so that is my uh, the guy I'm not touching whatsoever well incredibly well put together statement so Chris and Rob, any objections to AJ Brown in the mid fourth rounds? Absolutely not. Especially in the in the fourth round, there's been I've long said that the social media, specifically Twitter, the fantasy football Twitter community, it's like it's very toxic sometimes. People give out a lot of uh, negligent advice, and I don't know if they truly mean it or they're like, what's the game they're trying to play here? Are they trying? trying to throw people off the scent 
of said players? Or are they just truly and absolutely out of their minds when they when they talk ill of a guy and their ADP? But I, I 100% agree agree with Tim here when it comes to AJ Brown. Uh, fourth round, that's one thing. But the way people are talking about him on social media right now, you you'd think he's going to be uh, he's being drafted like he's a top 10 guy, like he's the the next big, uh, you know, stud wide receiver, you know, to come out there. And I just, do I see it happening? Yes and no. I don't want to get, uh, you know, long-winded with my explanation here, but I agree with you, Tim. I, I, I object. Ooh. Let's have it. Uh, no, I don't, I, don't, uh, I, don't, I don't object too much. Um, I think round four is a little high, but I, I, I certainly would, I'd, contemplate getting him there are a few reasons why i don't mind aj brown where he's going one he is the only receiver on that team Corey davis has proved time and time again he can't catch ball and he's no good as a fantasy wide receiver um uh um he's a tight end he's gone he's been there for years um, jenny smith delaney walker delaney walker's gone so there's no targets across the middle there jenny smith Bit of an, you know, really going to tell me he's going to take catches off the main receiver. Then you've got Adam Humphreys, who's flashed in the past, but he's no, you know, nailed on. I mean, who's going to catch the ball there? You've got Ryan Tannehill, who, for as average as he's been over a career, every time that he's played 16 games, every time he's played a full season, uh, he's averaged uh, no lower than 244 yards per game over the course of the season. So when he's on the team for a full season, he tends to play quite well. He's not had less than 3,900 yards um, when he's on a whole season. So I think the yardage is there from the quarterback. I can't see any competition in the depth chart for AJ Brown. And he's got talent. He showed that last year. He can flash. He's, you know, he, he did have a big uh, yard per uh, catch last year. I think it's just over 20. So that's a bit extreme. It'll probably come down a little bit. Maybe he doesn't get to a thousand yards uh, receiving, but I certainly think he's sort of in the 900s, and I think he could be a really good wide receiver too for someone. So fourth round maybe a bit too high, but certainly fifth round I'll be taking him. So are there any, uh, Robert, are there any of those other wide receivers that you'd rather you'd, you'd take AJ Brown over, like Robert Woods, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore? Um, let me just pull up the. ADP because I don't I don't have an I don't have an um, issue with AJ Brown. It's just more the fact that you know you've got a team here that are just going to run the ball. The the game script is going to be uh, favourable for the running game because they're generally ahead and, and going to ground and pound the, the ball. You know this is a team the team last year say with thirty first in pass attempts. I don't really want to be doing anything with with a team that's what the wide receiver one for a team that's going to be bottom two in the league of of, of pass attempts. No, I mean I may mean, I mean, not get it. So his yards per target were 20, which what you said there, but obviously most yeah. of that was because he had 465 yards. Oh, of, yeah, of yeah, yeah. And, oh, definitely. And But, you know, he's a rookie. He, he learned a lot last year. And I yeah, think just yeah. being that number one guy on a team that, okay, you, like you said, they're probably not going to throw the ball a lot. They're still going to throw the ball over 3,000 yards that's yeah. got to go somewhere you know and he being the main one and only sort of main receiver on that whole, whole team I mean Corey Davis isn't, isn't going to get much do you think I mean I don't, I don't know uh, what, what are your thoughts on the rest of that squad 
catching the ball. No, no, I get it. No, I, I, I appreciate like he, he's literally the only one there. Uh, I do. I, I think I think maybe selling off uh, Johnny Smith a little bit, um, catching some balls. But yeah, like I say, Corey yeah. Davis is, is is not is not done it, and he's not going to do it from from what we can see. Um, I, I, I couldn't name I couldn't name you another wide receiver on that team to be to be quite honest. That tells you all you need to, all you need to know. Um, <laughs> is Doriel Doriel Green Beckham still there? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Shot left. I know that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think this is where I lean slightly towards Rob on this one. And a lot of it is going to depend how your draft has gone so far, whether you're in need of a wide receiver, if you've gone running back heavy early on in the draft. Um, but I, I don't think I'd have too much objection to be taking AJ Brown at that point. Uh, maybe, maybe taking Keenan Allen over him at that point. Yeah, I would. And, and if I can get in on this real quick to answer sure. uh, Tim a moment ago, you, you, you listed off a couple wide receivers and it was kind of a would you rather you know, thing. And it, looking at the, the ADP that I've uh, kind of created, you have guys like Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, going, a, and a, even Robert Woods going ahead of A.J. Brown, just a couple spots. And then right after A.J. Brown, guys like D.K. Metcalf, T.Y. Hilton, and Cortland Sutton. So out of, let's say, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, yes, I'd rather have them over A.J. Brown, especially for, I, even Keenan Allen, no doubt, especially in a PPR league. But guys like Robert Woods, uh, no offense, Rob, T.Y. Hilton either, I'd rather have A.J. Brown right there. And that's just, yeah, I agree. And that's just a personal preference based on the, you know, the ADP I've put together looking at numerous mock drafts that I've been in and are logged. Okay, so Rob, who is your player that you are not touching at their current <laughs> Um Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that one to a bit later. I, I will go with a running back uh, as the as sort of the main guy that I'm not touching, um, mainly because he had a fantastic season last year and you can't take that away from him. But I wonder what this season has, considering he's got a new quarterback uh, under centre. And that, of course, is Austin Eckler from Los Angeles Chargers. Um, like I said, I loved him last year. thought he was absolutely brilliant. He, he I thought Everyone loved him because he was fantastic. Um, with Philip Rivers leaving... Big hole. Does Justin Herbert, is Justin Herbert or, or Tyrod Taylor, that's the debate within the full 10 yards team at the moment, which one of those is going to be starting. But whoever it is, are they going to use him as much? I don't know. Is going to get the run game? Yes. Um, is he a, an elite runner? I, I don't know if you could call him an elite runner. Um, and I think just for me to see him going in sort of the back end of the second round, in in point five PPR leagues at the moment is just a little bit high for me, and I, that's a that is a scenario that I don't want to touch. Not saying that I don't like Austin Eckler, just saying that for a late second, I don't want to be gambling on a guy that I don't know if he can do it without without Philip Rivers. But the floor is yours. Yeah, and I think they've they've got Jackson in there, and I think in Los Angeles now, who it's been announced today are going to be the stars of Hard Knocks this summer. Um, I think they, they want to deploy that running back by committee. I don't think there's any guarantee for Eckler there that he is going to get that Bill Cal workload. And I think he is one of those players similar to Alvin Kamara that does thrive more so from having that running back by committee mentality. They're not yeah. the kind of player that are going to have 30, 35 touches a game and succeed. They are the players that get 15, maybe 20 max, but really make the most of their touches. And I think, Rob, alluding to your point, you're going to get games from him where he's going to blow up. He's going to get those big runs, those big long touchdowns, and you are going to have weeks where he does he does do it for you. But then I think in others with game script and depending on the usage of Jackson, you're going to get those where he does let you down. 
And I think if you can't get that solid floor from somebody every single week, then yeah. you are un- unwilling to, to take them maybe in the second round. I'm on board with this, Rob. It was a, it was a home run pick and uh, well said with your explanation. And again, where, where I'm from and, and what I'm looking at, you have uh, like Miles Sanders going right before Austin Eckler. And then after Eckler, if you look at some ADPs, you have guys like Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, uh, Todd Gurley, and even the rookie in Kansas City, Clyde Edwards. I would choose those guys 10 out of 10 times over Eckler for exactly why you, why you said, Rob, and even you, David. Here and there, he's going get, to get that play, like especially in a PPR format. But I think, as you put it, Rob, I don't want to hang my hat on a maybe he will, maybe he won't as, as my RB2. Because if you're going to draft the guy in you know, the mid to late second round, you have to have a purpose for that guy. Mm-hmm. You don't draft the guy in the second round just hoping that, well, maybe I can use him some weeks, maybe I can't. A second round pick is still has to be a home run pick if yep. you're going to compete in your fantasy league. So again, exactly. a great, great call is a home run and, pick. Uh, and I've heard, I've heard little to no talk about Eckler. So I'm glad we're, we're able to discuss it here. Well, like you just said, if he, if you're drafting him, he's your, you, you want to be drafting him as your RB two, right? But if you're in the second round, that means you've, you picked an RB one. So this is your RB two. You're also, then that means that you're missing out on the wide receivers. You're missing out on, you know, grabbing a George Kittle if you want, or, or Travis Kelsey, but you're, you're also missing out on players like Mike Evans and Adam Thielen, um, Mari Cooper, Cooper Cup. Those guys are going in the same area. And and because you can't have, I don't think you can have Eckler as your RB1 personally I, I, I don't I just don't think you can do that this year so that's that for me just the price there if he was going in the third fourth round I'd be very tempted um but the second round for me Tim Tim what do you think yeah I, th- I think I saw a stat out there somewhere that Austin Eckler was one of the most efficient with all of his touches so obviously that the regression yeah. to the mean alone uh, means that that you know he, he's not going to be as productive and say so if he is the guy and he does handle a, a, a bigger workload um, from from what he's had previously then you, again it's it's, an, it's a question mark over that because you've not seen him have that increased workload and obviously the the guy they drafted was it Josh Kelly um, who's the running back they drafted they run, they drafted a running back um, yeah so why why would they why would they draft a running back if uh, if they thought that they could go with with Jackson and uh, with Jackson and Eckler, so there is a bit of a question mark there. So yeah, I, Kelly, I, I yeah, agree. In the vicinity, right, Joshua Kelly. Josh Kelly, yeah. In yeah. the vicinity he he's going, I I would rather use it to to try and nab my RB one, someone like a an Evans or um, like a Kenny Golladay is going in that area as well. I'd, I'd much rather have someone that's going to you know give me a, st- a, a, a elite ceiling at, at wide receiver. Yeah. I want real quick before we move on. I just want to give credit where credits due. And what you said, David, really, really got the gears turning in my mind about, you know, he's maybe is Eckler is one of those guys who thrives in a, in a running back by committee role. Cause he's not, he's not getting every down uh, run. They're not running him into the ground. He thrives on sharing carries with another guy. Right. And doesn't seem that they have that there now at the moment, given the fact MG3 is now in Denver, but, you guys just touched on the Joshua Kelly being drafted. We don't know what we're going to get. And for that, that simple, we don't know what we're going to get question mark. So not enough to, to be appetizing to draft him at his current ADP, which as Rob said, is middle to late second round. Wonderful. So while you're on the mic, Chris, let's hear your player who you are not touching at their current ADP. 
this one, it's a quarterback, and it's kind of – I had no feelings about Lamar Jackson heading into the the offseason here. He won the MVP last year. When We know what he's about, but – with all the with the this big boom of super flex leagues, which in turn is just you're going to want to start two quarterbacks, in, you know, start the in the starting quarterback spot and then in your flex spot, might as well start a quarterback. I've seen Lamar Jackson go the first overall pick in a super flex league, and that just maybe it's because I'm old, like an old school fantasy football player. You know that old adage where you just want to you hit running backs hard and heavy in the first few rounds of your of your draft, and then you fill in with your wide receivers, and then you wait until, you know, I'm one of the guys who always waits on a quarterback, even in a super flex. If I miss out on the Patrick Mahomes of the world, then I wait it out. And given the fact that Lamar Jackson in Baltimore is going in the within the first three or even first five picks respectively is just insane to me, given the fact that much like, sorry to put another position group in here, but much like Delvin Cook, these guys, Lamar has only done it for one season. We know what he's about. And most people, the most casual football, fantasy football fans, it's more of a, what have you done for me lately league? Well, lately he went, Lamar Jackson went nuts and he won an MVP and people are, are wishing and hoping and they're betting the farm that he does it again this season. And I honestly can sit and look all you guys in the face and tell you, I don't think he has a season like he did last year, you know, and it's one of those classic cases of, is it, did we maybe already see his best season as a professional football, as a professional quarterback, which would be a shame given it was, it was only his first season, but I'm staying away from Lamar Jackson. Nothing. I have no fancy statistics or fancy numbers. The simple fact that uh, quarterbacks in the league that run either adapt to a pocket passing or their knees are shot and put together with rubber bands by season three or four. So, uh, I don't think I'm going to draft Lamar Jackson at all and absolutely not in the, in the top 10 picks or looking at his ADP. It's uh, yeah, it, it, it's insane. And I want nothing to do with Lamar Jackson there. Yeah. And I think before we open this up to the floor, I may as well say mine because mine is Patrick Mahomes for some very similar reasons to, to you've just said there, Chris. Um, I am very traditional. I do not like drafting quarterbacks that high up and for some of the value that you can get, at the position a lot, lot lower down in the draft, you may as well be taking your running back one or your wide receiver one, depending on how you drafted in the first round. So I'm very much of the mindset with you. I am not drafting Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes in the at the top of the second round in, in PPR leagues because I believe that I can get just as much value later on. And of course, Lamar Jackson had his, his, his historic season last year, like you say, and it was historic because he broke all of these records and it would be an exceptional thing for him to go out and break them all again. The, the thing that the NFL is great at, the defences are great at adapting and they will learn how to stop Lamar Jackson. He will have to de- develop his game and differ slightly so that he, and I'm not saying he's not an exceptional athlete, but NFL defences, just like the, the Titans did last year, will learn how to, how to stop them. Absolutely. And if you... As I just said, and you agreed on it, David, I'm that old school mindset, and I 
I will wait on a quarterback. And looking at, you know, the, the entire list of quarterbacks and their ADP, if you don't want a Pat Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson, you can get guys like Stafford or Rodgers, you know, in the 10th, 11th round, Ryan Tannehill in the 19th or 20th round, even young guys like Danny Dimes in, in New York or Sam Darnold for the Jets. I mean, these guys are, especially uh, Daniel Jones and Sam Darnolds, they're on the come up and people, they want, as far as I'm concerned in the United States, people are fixated on instant gratification. They want what they want when they want it, right? And it pays to have patience and it pays to be somewhat educated on all facets of life. And for the sake of the conversation, fantasy football, as you said in the opening, let these people be somebody else's problem. Grab Joe Burrow in the 13th round, Danny Jones, Drew Locke, Ben Roethlisberger, Stafford, any one of these guys I'd be happy to have. And in turn, I'm not spending a first round pick on Lamar Jackson. I can grab a stud running back like the McCaffreys or the Saquons, any one of those guys. So that's just my personal process. And, and that's how, that's how I do it. So not trying to push my ideals on anyone, just letting you take a glimpse inside my, the way my crazy brain works. So Rob, what do you reckon? Where, where do you draft your QBs typically? Well, uh, two years ago, I did something that I'd never done before, and I drafted Aaron Rodgers in the second round or third round really early. Um, and that was a season where he was the first stinky season. So I learned my lesson. That's the first time I did it, and I ain't doing it again. Um, the, the, the only thing I will say about Lamar Jackson is if you look at it as if you're, you're drafting a running back, you're not drafting a quarterback, you're drafting a running back. If you look at it that way, then that's the only way you get away with it because his potentially well he, he ran over a thousand yards last year he's probably gonna do it again this year the injury risk is high um it, yeah I, I can see why people are drafting Lamar Jackson would I do it probably not because I think it, as all analysts look at this we, we know that you can go and grab a, a Kyler Murray or a Russell Wilson in the sixth seventh round if you must get a quarterback fairly mm-hmm. early or like like um like you said there you can wait way late and get you know, one of the other guys that there's not that much difference in the point spread for quarterbacks other than Lamar Jackson because of the rushing. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I, I will never, ever own Patrick Mahomes just because I love the kid. I think he's fantastic. I think he's one of the greatest talents that the NFL has got to offer right now. I ain't buying him in fantasy football because I'm never paying his, paying his price because he doesn't, he doesn't, he's never going to run that much. Um, you know, not like a serious amount where it's going to really affect your fantasy team. Um, and, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't, I'd rather wait. I'd rather go grab uh, one of those top echelon players, um, you know, th- that you can get around where they're drafted. So, so I think, Tim, I think you probably agree with that as well, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lamar Jackson was the guy I was taking the double-digit rounds last year. I'm always a double-digit round uh, quarterback. And yes, yeah, people mm-hmm. will point to the fact that Lamar Jackson's had, had six and a half points more than the next QB on average points per game. So that is quite a big chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- make no bones about it. That's not going to be repeated next season it's going to be a, a, a smaller gap uh, yes he might still run for a thousand yards and you know he's, he'll still give you a, a, an almighty ceiling but um yeah the guy that i always used to to draft and rob you you're with me on this one as well Dak prescott was a guy that i always drafted in in the late rounds uh, you're not going to really get that this year because he's kind of come to the four he was what qb2 last year and um, so he'll be a bit of an inflated price but you know well, i'm a guy that will always take a philip rivers or you know, uh, you know the quarterback that i've always drafted late and who was absolutely fancy God last year? No, Jameis. Oh, Jameis. <laughs> hey, Jameis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I don't go. I, I, sorry, I don't go a podcast without mentioning James Winston. It's it's, it's etched yeah. into my brain. I, I have to mention it. Yeah. I'm contracted. Contracted. Um, yeah, but just going back to my um, my thought process as well. I was like, you know, if you, if any listeners of the uh, the, fan, the dynasty buy and sell, uh, my sell was Lamar Jackson for pretty much what we, we've talked about here. You know, he's broken. He's had a record breaking season, and from from that point, essentially, all you're doing is going down. So that value is not going to get any higher. So you just sell. And I think it's similar to redraft in the sense that he's going he's going to be going way too high and you know come next season uh, he might come down you know a round or two but then don't forget as well two, this time two seasons ago we were all talking about taking Patrick Mahomes in the second round and he missed a couple of games last season with, a, with obviously a dislocated knee uh, he, and he came back to earth a little bit as well so you know quarterbacks that that have great seasons don't generally tend to repeat as much unless you know you Aaron Rodgers of of the mid mid 2010s but you know there's so much depth at the position you know you can even stream the position, which says all you need to know about what you need to do with, with quarterbacks. Because if you miss on a, a couple that you don't like, you can always end up punting and streaming the position. But you've got you know guys like Kyler Murray, uh, Deshaun Watson, um, yeah, guys in the middle rounds. Even Matt Ryan, if you're not if you want a pocket passer. But Philip Rivers is going to be another dime uh, in the in the double digit rounds this season. Um, you don't need to take the risk on on Lamar Jackson at his price. When you threw it to me and I mentioned Lamar Jackson and I said I, I was kind of indifferent on him and I don't really remember when the tide turned, but when Tim was talking about uh, the value of Lamar and what he's done and what he's going to do, uh, it brought up probably right before the draft, I, I got an offer in a Superflex league for the Lamar that I owned and I sold them away for three first round draft picks and two early second round draft picks in a super flex. And I turned it into uh, uh, Swift Dobbins, Jerry, Judy Mims. So I sold Lamar Jackson for five, hopefully very competent stud rookie players. So if that's the kind of value you can get for Lamar on the, on the open market, then I'm taking that, all day I'm not thinking twice couldn't agree with you more and we mentioned before players that are going deeper in the rounds and even if you still wanted to go fairly early you could wait four rounds later and draft Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott who averaged slightly more points per game than Pat Mahomes did and I, I honestly cannot understand why Pat Mahomes is going two places ahead of Lamar Jackson because we, we've seen I know he was injured last year but uh, as you mentioned before Tim Jackson had six and a half points more than any other quarterback last year. So to see Mahomes going even ahead of Jackson this year really does baffle me at the moment. And I'm not just saying this because Chris is on the pod, but for me, the steal of the draft is Matthew Stafford in the 10th round because he he was on course for 21.45 points per game last year before he got injured. And there are some great weapons in that Detroit offense this year. And I think this is the year that Patricia finally gets it together and we see that really powerful offense. And Stafford um, is going to be the quarterback that I think we've always known that he's been, but has just never really had that chance to shine. And he's going to really, he's going to really push on this year. And in the tenth round, um, I think I'll be targeting him in most leagues this year. Well, thank you for the kind words for uh, for my Detroit Alliance. It, like you say, thirty six years, it's, it's got to come eventually for you. Yeah, uh, you would think. I said that thirty six years ago, and here we are. <laughs> So moving over to our honourable mentions. So we will spend just a minute quickly talking about the honourable mentions that we want in this podcast. So quick fire, Tim, who is your honourable mention? 
So my honourable mention is uh, Rob Gronkowski, who's currently going around seventh, sixth round according to the UDK and eighth round according to uh, Fantasy Football Calculators. So a uh, quick minute. Oh, I've got loads of notes here. Um, it's, it's name, it's nostalgia, it's the Brady connection. Um, if you look at when he was last in the league in 2018, he had 47 receptions for 682 yards and three touchdowns, which was the tight end 11. Um, he was a top 10 tight end just five times and top three twice. I mean, did you watch him in that Miami Miracle play? I think he's still trying to run to cut off uh, the guy that was going in for the touchdown. But um, yeah, we, we all know what he's been up to. <laughs> you know, we all know what he's been up to in the last 12 months. He's been wrestling and getting, you know, drinking and, and basically not uh, keeping in football shape. So uh, I, I think he'll come in and, and be more of a security blanket in terms of the in terms of blocking for Tom Brady because we all know like we all know how much Tom Brady wants to be kept on his on his feet and not put on his backside. And um, so in you know the last year. Uh, that he was in New England, he was much more effective as a blocker. So um, I, I think he'll be meant primarily used for that. Uh, obviously, you've got uh, OJ Howard in there. Actually, I won't, I won't mention him because he might actually harm my argument. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you've got a receiving tight end there in, in OJ Howard if uh, Bruce Arians actually wants to go and use him. But uh, yeah, I mean, in the sixth round or seventh round, eighth round, that, that price is too rich. And it's purely because of, a, because of his name. You know, if he's, he's going around the, the same areas of Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landry and Marquise Brown, uh, or say like quarter backs like Sean Watson and Dak Prescott I would much rather punt the position and wait a few more rounds and, and get someone like a Noah Fant or get a hashtag always jarring um, in there as well so yeah going that he's going way too early for someone that's that that can run can barely outrun a snail there we go we have to get the the always jarring in there so big shout out hashtag to always jarring birthday buddy Blake uh, just less than a month ago until our uh, our big day Blake so if you're listening then we'd love to have you on the podcast <laughs> So mine is David Montgomery, and I think my argument can be summed up in one word, well, one one figure, and that is 3.7 yards per carry. Um, it wasn't the greatest of offensive lines in Chicago last year, but considering that the guy played all 16 games, he had 242 touches on the ground, he didn't get 900 yards, let alone let alone 1,000. He only got six touchdowns on the ground, and of course, you've got Tariq Cohen in that backfield as well for all of your receiving needs. I am not a fan of this Chicago team this year, um, so I am not touching David Montgomery at his current ADP, especially when there are players such as Jordan Howard um, in the eighth round, in toward, getting towards the eighth, end of the eighth round. I think him and Breeder are going to have a fantastic tandem there in Miami. Uh, James White, uh, especially in PPR leagues, is still going towards the back end of the eighth round. And he's that player every single year that you just completely forget about in your draft. And he just seems to have these games week after week where he just gets these points for his receptions. And I think with Stidham, um, a quarterback as well, he is going to need that that dump-off option. And I think James White is going to be in pole position for that. So I'd much rather have him than David Montgomery. And Kareem Hunt, he's only going around behind David Montgomery at 5.06, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. But there is rumours that he will be used as a slot receiver in Cleveland this year. And if we can get some slot receiver production, and he'll get, he'll get carries as well from a running back in the fifth round, I am all over that. And I'm all over Nick Chubb as well, because I believe he's going to be a great runner there. But if we can get some Kareem Hunt in the slot, then I am all over that. All those three players ahead of David Montgomery, I am not touching him with a barge pole at any cost, let alone in the fourth. Funny you say that. If I if I may speak, I 
I have Nick Chubb as one of my guys that uh, I want to stay away from. And it's because of Hunt. And we don't know what we're going to expect. Another, another mention of mine that I feel, not to be egotistical, but I don't think it needs to be backed up with stats because we all know uh, what, what, we're, what we're supposed to be getting in Cleveland with Hunt there, uh, Chubb there. And the, my, the, the call that I have on Chubb here might seem silly. And, and in some ways, I think it's pretty silly too. The guy was six yards shy of 1500 total rushing yards last season but uh kareem hunt was suspended the first half of the season and then hunt came back and they split carries and if you i've seen a lot of graphics where it shows who was the uh who had the more carries and who had the more yards each week in cleveland after hunt came back so it's just to me personally right now in the beginning or excuse me in the middle of uh june you don't know what to expect so i don't want to i don't want to go all in and if you look at chubb is like is ADP is like 12th overall and mm. that could we could way go all high. the way back we could yeah we could go all the way back to what Rob said in the beginning of that if you draft Chubb he's to be your number one running back your workhorse and I've said it a million times in the past in my writing and on other radio shows or podcasts who here believes that Baker Mayfield can support that many people in that offense Landry OBJ now you got Hooper and Ajoku at tight end, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Baker was awful last season through 20-plus interceptions. So it's just, it just a lot of nonsense and a lot of anxiety for me to even think about. So instead of thinking about it, I'm just going to let it go, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch – Chubb with uh, what did you say, a 10-foot barge pole, if I, <laughs> if I understood you correctly? Yeah. So, That's a British see, thing. <laughs> I'm, a chame- I'm a chameleon. I can fit in in any situation with any – uh, with any group of people. And the most important one I wanted to say here uh, is Juju Smith-Schuster in Pittsburgh. His, uh, it looks like he's the 11th overall projected uh, wide receiver, and his ADP per fantasy football calculator, as you guys have mentioned, is about 33, 34-ish, 33.6. And if you look at the other receivers that are being drafted before him, like Adam Thielen, or Cooper Cup being drafted after him. Thielen and Cup are phenomenal PPR, absolute PPR studs. And those are the guys I would want over Juju. Now, again, it's not a personal slight on Juju or the Pittsburgh team or their offense as a whole. Everyone was freaking out, like, what's Juju going to do without Antonio Brown? Well, we kind of saw what happened there. And I don't hate the kid. I love his work ethic. He's a good man. He's very humble. I appreciate the hard work ethic he has. I'm just, I'm not going to draft him as a wide receiver one on my team and or a wide receiver two. It's just not going to happen for me this season. There's just, if you look at it, Kenny Galladay, Adam Thielen are going a few picks before him. And as I said, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown, as we touched on, and even uh, D.K. Metcalf, who I think is going to be an absolute stud this season, is they're all going well after him. So, to me, sorry, Juju, you probably won't see this. And any Pittsburgh fans, not a slight on you or your fan base. I just I don't want to own Juju with, as we say here in America, a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't draft him <laughs> with your team. And finally, over to you, Rob. Who is your honorable mention for players that you're not touching at the current ADP? Uh, I hate this because I'm... I'm... I'm going against my grain. Obviously, as everyone knows, I'm a big indie fan. Um, but 
T.Y. Hilton for me is current ADP, and this is the only reason I'm against him, is the ADP is, is the beginning of the fourth round, 402 on Fantasy Football Calculator. Now, for me, for a player that's the wrong side of 30, who only played 10 games last year, but if you look at his yards per game, which was just over 50, I think it's 50.1 yards per game, that comes up at wide receiver 46. Um, not good enough for me to go in the fourth round. You're talking your, your wide receiver two here. Um, I think there's a lot of better options uh, other than him. You've obviously got a, a new, not a new system, but you've got Philip Rivers coming in. You've got also Michael Pittman. Uh, he's a very, very good looking, um, well, not good looking, I'm not that way inclined, but you know, <laughs> good looking as a player. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see him this year. Paris Campbell's going to come back. He only played seven games last year. He looked good when he got the ball. Um, actually, Trey Burton is another one for me who I think is going to have a fair, fair share of receptions. He's going to go into that, um, the role that. Um, uh, Eric Ebron had a couple of years ago when he had all them touchdowns. Uh, I've, I've, I've spoken off air to, to Chris here about um, Naheem Hines and how I love Naheem Hines this year, uh, being the, this year's Eckler for Philip Rivers. So, yeah, for me, T.Y. Hilton is he's, he's not good enough anymore for fantasy football to be drafted in the first uh, in the beginning of the fourth. If I'm drafting him, I'm looking at the seventh, eighth round. Okay, so we'll take a quick look over to Twitter. So, Paul at Fantasy NFL UK uh, and also the Fantasy Price Check, they both say that Amari Cooper at the back end of the third round, uh, and I think that mainly is going to be because of the amount of mouths to feed in Dallas this year. So we've got CD, we've got Gallup, uh, we've got Always Blake. We can't forget Blake Jarwin. Always Jarwin. Um, Always Jarwin. They're going to they're going to want to to focus on the running game there as well in Dallas. So again, that is just a mouth mouth to feed situation over in Dallas, which is why they both selected Amari Cooper at the back end of the third. Uh, we've got Fantasy Force saying that they won't touch Lund Fournette at the top of the third, um, and that is because of his lack of ability in the receiving game and also his low volume on touchdowns last year. However, I am a Leonard Fournette fan going into this year. Maybe third round is a little bit is a little bit too 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 high, but we're going to get regression on those touchdowns. He is going to get back, and I see him getting fifteen hundred yards and ten total touchdowns this year. Which for me, I'm, I'd take be more than happy to to get that from the from a third round draft choice. I might be wrong, but I think Glenn Fournette had a really good receiving year last year, didn't he? Well, I, 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 replied, I replied back and he had an almost identical receiving stat line to Alvin Kamara last year. Now, I know Alvin Yeah, like 100 targets, 76 receptions for 522 yards. Just because he didn't have any touchdowns, people think, oh, Leonard Fournette is no good in PPR. He's awesome. I love him. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Le- Leonard Fournette, if, you, if, you're, if you're someone in the back of the first round where you don't get an elite running back, so say you go wide receiver or wide receiver or something in the first two rounds, picking up Leonard Fournette in the, in the third round is an absolute lifesaver for, for, for this year in, yeah. in redraft, in my, in my opinion. Even if, you, even if you half the receptions he gets, um, and let's say if he just sees a bit of work, um, to the Lavisca Chenault's there as well, obviously now. Um, he, he's still what? Still fifty. There's still fifty targets and 20, 25 to thirty receptions. And they say you, that can be negated by the the touchdown regression. That yeah, if he gets in the end zone a bit more, obviously he's got a bit of an issue with the team, and there's a bit of well, work, work ethic issues there as well. But if you're a guy that's in the back of the end of the first round of redrafts this year, Leonard Fournette uh, in the back end of the third could be could be a, a lifesaver. 
Yeah. And this is a guy who they've already said they're not renewing, they're not activating his, his fifth year. He he's going to need a team pretty soon. So it's, um, it's playing for a contract. Exactly, yeah, he's playing for a contract yeah. now. And even if Jacksonville have given up on him, as he seems to have given up on a lot of, of players of late, he, he's going to be out there with a point to prove. And mm-hmm. I think he's going to be running with a chip on his shoulder. And Definitely. even though they've brought in um, Thompson this year, who is famous for being a receiving back, he is. We're still going to see those dump offs on the first and second down. I don't see that the, the offensive situation has improved that much. That's um, they're going to be slinging the ball out this, that, and everywhere. So I think he's going to get a similar, perhaps a little bit less receiving work. But regression on the touchdowns means that I fancy him for fifteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns this year. Yes. Yeah, so looking at last year, so Leonard Fournette here uh, in half point PPR scoring was uh, running back nine. So top 10 running back, and that's with three touchdowns on the season combined, rushing and receiving. So if he gets just double that this year, if he gets six, that puts him up to just behind Austin Eckler at running back seven. That's value right there. And people are slating this guy, saying he's no good. Absolutely not. I, I, I reject that notion. I am team Fournette this year, for sure. <laughs> team Fournette, indeed. Uh, Coach Tillman suggests that Edwards Hilaire at 2.08 and Tony Golladay at 3.01 should not be touched. Uh, presumably because of Damian Williams and uh, I'm not entirely sure why Golladay, but uh, what are your thoughts on those two? Clyde Edwards Hilaire is, uh, I, if you haven't read my piece on the 14 Yards website, go read it. It's about rookie running backs and um, the, the term generational running back. Uh, I've written a, a, what I think is a pretty good article, if I may say so, um, which basically <laughs> breaks down the running backs coming in from this from this season. And, and actually, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, for me, wasn't even in the top three, uh, you know, talent-wise coming out of, of college. And I, I can understand why the hubbub, and I can understand, you know, he's landed in Kansas City, which is a great spot to land in. They, they love running the ball, you know, Andy Reid, blah, 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 blah. He had one good year at an LSU team who had a, all had a really good year last yeah. year. It was a, nom- a bit of an anomaly. I think Clyde Hebert-Solaire is a, is a massive bust risk, bust risk for fantasy football players. Um, not I wouldn't touch him. It's just... I haven't touched him this year. I want to see what he does in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I, I can get on board with that. It's very, very early. Second round, would you say, for him, that is super early. I don't understand the, if I may speak on the Kenny Galladay thing, uh, mm. they, the, the commenter said they wouldn't touch him in the third round. Is that Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, no, correct. Mm. The top of the third. Which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And, again, I'm not saying this because I'm from Detroit and I'm a Detroit Lions fan. But we all know the kind of season he had last year. He had uh, 116 targets. He led the NFL in touchdown receptions at 11, uh, just shy of 1,200 total receiving yards. And mind you, that was with uh, Jeff Driscoll at quarterback and yep. then David Blau at quarterback. So Blau. is it odd to uh, expect that he could do even more this season if Stafford's firing well, on all cylinders? Uh- I've got four teams left to do on my stat projections for the year. And currently I'm looking at my rankings and Kenny Golladay is my wide receiver seven. So I, I agree. Absolutely. And again, if that offense can get it together and start and everything clicks, you have Stafford at quarterback, you have two young uh, rookie running backs, Swift being the young stud they drafted. Marvin Jones is, 
it's criminal how how underappreciated this guy goes, you know. And then hopefully T.J. Hawkinson can make the jump. So Kenny Galladay, there's there's literally nowhere to go for him but up after a career year. So that alone makes the turns my eyes into hearts like the emoji. And so uh, I respect what the guy's saying, how he doesn't want to touch him in the third round. That's cool. Give me all the Kenny Galladay shares then. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Any anytime you can get a potential wide receiver one in the third or fourth round, snap him up. Absolutely snap him up. He's Kenny Galladay is not giving you any reason to say that he can't do it, even with, with say like say with poor quarterbacks. If you if you're a wide receiver that could do it with poor quarterbacks, you are an elite wide receiver. Therefore, you always have the chance of it always, you know, pretty much being locked in for a, a top ten wide receiver. You know, look at Newt Hopkins and look at all the other guys that are similar as well. Kenny Galladay is on in, in in the same conversation as those guys. So yes, yeah, so, and him in the third round, give me give me him all day. And finally, a couple of mentions for Todd Gurley. One from friend of the show, Chris Carpenter. I think that's how many in a row now has he had a has he had a mention on this on this podcast? Hearing his own name, he loves it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm from a very own Dave Moore as well. <laughs> it's Todd Gurley at the back end of the second round. Now, I think Todd Gurley is the most single divided person on on Twitter this year as to whether he is going to be the stud running back one that we have seen from him previously or whether he's going to be an absolute bust headed into 2020 in Atlanta. So, gents, what is the feeling around Todd Gurley this year? I'm, I'm a bit perplexed because looking at uh, uh, Fantasy Football Calculator, a half-point scoring, his, his 6-0-1 in 12 teams, so like beginning of the sixth, and I am completely okay with that because I think Todd Gurley is, is yes, he's hit or miss because he could be injured for 13 games a season, but... If he plays 13 or 14 games this season, he's an RB1. So drafting him, for me, in the sixth round, he's an absolute steal. Well, not an absolute steal, but he's a very good value in the sixth round. But second round, if you're talking second round, absolutely, yeah, I wouldn't touch him there. So it depends where you're looking to where you're getting the ADP here. Um, but certainly, if what we're talking about now is Todd Gurley in the second round, then, yeah, I think I, I agree. That's a bit too early for me. But uh, what do you, you other boys think here? Well, I... I as you were talking about uh, Gurley, Rob, I thought, well, I, I'm kind of been boring this whole show because I've literally agreed with basically everything you guys have said. So, it, you know, people are like, oh, uh, Chris, Detroit Beast, he's going to be a guest. Let's let's hear his hot takes. Let's let's see how smart of a fantasy football mind he is. And I'm just sitting here going, yeah, I agree with you, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> Tim, that, that was a good choice. And David, you, you hit that one out of the park. So it's kind of hard for me. That's, to, you, said, that's uh, you complimenting us. That's you saying that we're really good fantasy football analysts. <laughs> yeah, you see what I did there? Yeah. So uh, again, I agree with you, Rob. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, in, in the sixth round, it's like, yeah, I would call the cops. That is stealing. Todd Gurley in the sixth round. But you can see him going as high, you know, in the middle of the second round. No, thank you. Again, in your draft, it's all about uh, value. I know it's boring to say it's pretty vanilla, but it's it's a tried and true kind of method. Yeah, to the absolute words out of my mouth. It's all about value with Todd Gurley. There's going to be leagues where he's going to go as early as the second round. You know, the more casual fans are going to take him because of the name and obviously his affiliation with the Rams and when he had those those monster seasons. But you know, you're going to get kind of dare I say it in air quotes shrewdies that you know try and get a bit of value and you'll see him drop to the to the middle of the third, at the end of the third, start of the fourth. And again, if you're if you're someone that's towards the back end of the first round, the three four turn, and you could potentially pick up Leonard Fournette and Todd Gurley after going Devonte Adams and Julio Jones. Sign me up. Sign me up all day long. 
Yeah, I just can't understand the disparity between the different ADPs because I'm looking on Fantasy Football Calculator now and for PPR, he is going in the second round. Whereas for half PPR and for non-PPR leagues, we're going in the sixth and seventh rounds respectively. So um, I'm really not sure. Weird, isn't it? So um, yeah, but again, that just shows how so many people have got such a different opinion on Todd Gurley for this year. I think, I think what it is, though, just to butt in on that, PPR is obviously quite an important format now. So you've probably got better data for, for PPR leagues, whereas half PPR and standard, you've probably got less people doing those leagues or doing drafts. So it could be a bit of a skew, uh, although uh, six round is still quite quite low. But yeah, maybe PPR is probably the more accurate one now, I'd, I'd probably And obviously suggest. we're still sort of really early doors, aren't we? So there's, you know, how many mock drafts are actually happening? I'm, I'm guessing a few, but not as we get round to July and, and August when everyone's mock drafting multiple times a day, then that data is going to become obviously a lot more concentrated. So it's early doors, but like we said, that's the data we've got. So yeah, if, 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 if he comes around drafting, Todd Gurley's there in the sixth round, please draft him. <laughs> yeah. And a big shout out once again to everybody who has tweeted us with their suggestions for the show. Uh, if you're not following us on Twitter, you can find us at F10Y Fantasy. Now we're going to play a little game. We are going to call it the ADP game. What I am going to do is one by one, I'm going to give you a positional round. I'm going to give you two players who are being drafted at a very similar ADP currently. And all you've got to do is tell me who you would prefer to take over the two at their ADP. So Chris, you're the guest. You're up first. You're in the quarterback room. And we're going to go to early to mid 11th round. I'm going to give you Drew Locke and Daniel Jones. Great question. I love both guys equally, and I'm going to give the edge to Drew Locke. As many of you have seen on social media, people are starting to go nuts for Drew Locke, and it, it, unfortunately it's not because of, let's say, Drew Locke's talent, but the talent around him with the young stud quarterbacks such as Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, you got Melvin Gordon as their running back and Phil Lindsay. They're going to uh, maybe split carries one, two punch. So uh, that is my choice. And that is the reason why. I, 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 I've got a funny thing with, with Drew Locke. I went back and watched on Game Pass the last four or five games when he came in last season. And unfortunately, I, I've got the, the, the Elton John rose-tinted glasses for Drew Locke. I could not see it. Well, I, I gave an honest opinion of him, but I, I think I'm, I'm going to start to... Uh, he's going to be my... My guilty pleasure is Drew Locke. I, I think he, he's got the, the upside and the potential there to be an absolutely fantastic, fantastic quarterback. He's such a good thrower on the run. Um, he's, very, he's very underrated. Oh, yes, he still has his errant passes, but let's not forget, he, he, was, he only had five games last season. He's going to have his... Yeah, if, he's, if he even has a, an, a smidge of a, of a step forward for, for year two, he could be, he could be next year um, in 2021 he could be like a top 10 drafted uh, quarterback in, in my opinion in terms of fantasy football but yeah I've got a bit of a, a bit of a soft spot for Drew Locke Okay so Tim well while we're there we're going to talk running backs and we are talking in the mid third round uh, they are were both big names very much so in the league they would be top very top end of the first round we're going to go for David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell Ooh that's Ooh. a good one is this redraft? Uh, yeah, this is redraft. Redraft. That's a good question. PPR. Mm. PPR. That is a good question because I think Le'Veon Bell's going to be a bit of a sleeper this year. I think he could could improve quite a lot because they've invested quite a bit in that offensive line. So he could. Uh, I know Adam Gase hates the hell out of him, but he could be sneakily good in in PPR. Uh, I would probably go. Oh, 
That's a really good question. David I'll probably Johnson's go, I'll go spot, Le'Veon Bell. Though. Yeah, he is in a good spot. But David Johnson, yeah, because they could hammer him the, with him the ball as well. I'll, I'll go David Johnson. I'll go David Johnson. But I'd happy, be happy with either. They're guys I'm targeting uh, in my all-in. Like For years in dynasty leagues where I'm kind of in an all-in year, I'm getting those because you can get them cheap. But yeah, I'll, I'll go David Johnson because I think investing a second-round pick when they had picks at a premium in, in this year's draft to, to spend one on David Johnson, I th- think says to me that they're not only going to have him in the backfield, but they'll have him well lined up out, out wide as well if he can obviously... Re- revert to his, his old self and stay on, stay on the field. Rob, staying in the running back room, but we're going to Miami this time. Both are being drafted in the mid-eighth round. Who are you choosing out of Matt Breeder and Jordan Howard? Jordan Howard, not even close. Jordan Howard, million miles away. Jordan Howard is underrated for fantasy football. He's, he had two or three great years. Loads of rushing yards. People were sleeping on him for ages. I'm not a Matt Breeder fan. For me, that's not close. Just personal opinion. That was uh, very decisive indeed, Rob. So <laughs> moving over to the wide receivers and back to Chris, uh, we are going, well, we've got three here who have all got the same ADP and that is 2.01. Uh, and they are Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones and Devontae Adams. Good luck uh, on this one, Chris. <laughs> am I, so am I able to pick two or do I just have to pick one of You're the three? picking one. So you have Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Julio Jones. So uh, if this was a Sophie's Choice, which hopefully you guys are familiar with, or like a, a Mary F and Kill kind of scenario, uh, Julio Jones, I'm wiping him clean. Uh, see you later. So to me, it's between Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. And personal preference, I like Devontae Adams here uh, in Green Bay, just for the simple fact that in Green Bay, there's nobody else there as far as receivers are concerned. Uh, I, I talked in length with uh, a larger group of people the other day about realistically, could Devontae Adams see 170 targets this season? Uh, 170 targets is, it, it could happen this season, you know. And if you look at Kansas City, there's a lot of uh, moving, other moving parts on that team. So it's not as a no brainer as I thought it was going to be, but it's Devonte Adams for the simple fact that when he's healthy, when he's right, uh, his floor is like 1300 yards and like seven touchdowns, you know, and not to take anything away from Tyree kill. The guy can take it to the house any given play. I just like the, like the slow, the slow roll of Devonte Adams and what he can, what he can do for my fantasy teams not only in redraft, but even in uh, dynasty, as you guys say. How dare you disrespect Jake Kumaro? <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, just looking at my rankings, I've got they're back to back to back in my rankings. And I've got Tyreek Hill down for 233.3 points, Hudo Jones, 235, and Devonta Adams, 236.4. So there's 3.1 points between all three of them in my rankings at the moment. So that's a, a very good bunch in for those three guys. So going back to you, Tim, I'm going to skip over the second bunch of wide receivers because I fear there may be a homer pick in there. So we're going to go into the tight end room and we have got. Zach Ertz at 5.06 and Darren Waller at 5.12. Was, uh, Darwin, was Des- was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, uh, was Des Bryant in the wide receiver snap dragon. Uh, Zach Ertz and Darren Waller. Oh, it's interesting. Was this, was this PPR? Redraft. PPR. Yeah. Redraft. Ooh. 
I mean, I, th- I think you probably have to go Waller, considering how dynamic he was last season. I think Zach Ertz, you've got a bit of a question mark with, with Carson Wentz. And I know he played a full set of, set of games last season, but you've got the up-and-comer of, of Dallas Goddard. They've, they've got a load, they've drafted a load of dustmen at wide receiver, so there's actually a lot more bodies there now. And Deshaun Jackson's to be back as well. And Zach Ertz, obviously, starting to is on the back nine of his career. So I, I, I'd probably take uh, Darren Waller, just because um, the Raiders as well might be in negative game, game scripts a bit more than the Philadelphia Eagles will be. So they, they might be inclined to, to fry a bit more. And, you know, Derek Carr's a dink and dunk kind of guy, whereas Carson Wentz can push the ball down field a little bit more. So, you know, Derek Carr... Will often be looking at Darren Waller a bit more uh, earlier than perhaps Carson Wentz will be with Zach Ertz. Are you not worried about uh, Witten being brought into the room? <laughs> Home pick. Yeah. Hashtag always Witten. Actually, doing doing the, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders have got a lot of mouths to feed as well. I think both teams have on this um, particular scenario. I actually, I'm down on Waller this year a little bit um, after owning him last year, picking him up for, for nothing off the free agency this time last year. Had him in a great year. I've actually sold him in pretty much all my leagues. Um, I've, I've got Zach Ertz very high at the moment. Um, just because I think he's going to be the main guy. I think Alshon Jeffrey's going to fall off a cliff. JJ Arcega, Whiteside's not really shown anything. Jalen Rager is an unknown entity. Marquise Goodwin's not good enough to be a, a like a PPR machine, as isn't uh, Deshaun Jackson. So it, for me, J- uh, Zach Ertz is the PPR guy across the middle. So I think he's going to have a good year, actually. Okay. I was raked over. Sorry, Dave, real quick. I'll be brief. I was raked over the calls probably a month or so ago when uh, almost the, this exact question was brought up uh, on social media. And again, the, the, the negativity on social media is insane, where I was kind of in Tim's camp where you have Dallas Goddard there. Uh, he's the younger guy, the more fresh guy. And if you look at the contract of Ertz, I don't think they're going to uh, pick it up or even extend him past this season. So I could see a scenario, uh, Rob, where they they start to work in Goddard more and not completely phase out Ertz, but, you know, he's still going to do his thing. But I could see a changing of the guard in Philadelphia at the tight end position uh, this coming season. Zach is only 29, though. Remember, he's, I mean, he's, he's, not, he's not old by tight end standards, considering they can go for a bit longer. So I don't know. I get I, it, but if the way I see it and the way I think that he, he plays tight end, like that rough and tough kind of way, like a, uh, uh, like a Gronk does, and, you know, 29 is, is not, not old by – like in real life, everyday standards, 29 is super young. But for a tight end <laughs> like Ertz, who's just – take shots across the field all day, every day, down the sideline, things of that nature, you know, the, the aches and pains and the joints and the cartilage in your knees and your elbows, you know, gets kind of beat up, you know. So, I, again, this is all just uh, personal opinion where uh, the changing of the guard occurs. So, yeah. uh, if it happens, I look like a genius. If it doesn't happen, <laughs> then I look like a dummy and I'll – I'll admit my stake. I'll eat. I mean, we, we saw it last year with that, with, with that Goddard effect. Like you said, he went down from 156 targets the year before to 135 targets last year. So that's already a big drop off 20 targets. It could be another 20 targets this year. It's still going to be over 100 targets and it's still going to be productive, but maybe not on a scale that I've, I've been thinking about. Maybe I need to just adjust my rankings very slightly. But, but yeah, I think, it's, um, I think that's an interesting debate, actually, that one. And finally, we go back to the wide receiver room with you, Rob. Staying in Vegas, we have got two rookie wide receivers here, both being drafted at 9.1, 
in Henry Ruggs and C.D. Lamb in Dallas? Uh, C.D. Lamb for me. Um, not a massive Ruggs fan. I think, like I, said, I just mentioned it, Las Vegas, there's a lot of mouths to feed uh, in, in Las Vegas. I know there is in Dallas as well. Um, I don't know. For me, I think C.D. Lamb's just a more polished receiver coming out of college. Henry Ruggs, is, is impressive. He's a speed guy. Obviously, we saw him at Bama. Just remember, he wasn't the wide receiver one in Bama either. That was Jerry Judy. So uh, I, I just think Steely Lamb's just got that ledge, a uh, little bit more polished receiver. Um, I think Dak Prescott is a more solid uh, quarterback for him to have rather than Ruggs having either Carr or Mariota, whoever John Gruden decides on that week he's going to fancy more. Um, it, it, so, yes, Steely Lamb for me is, is who I'd pick, but I'm not. Mm, I'm not over-eager for either of them in, in redraft this year. So the last segment of the podcast, and it is a new segment to the podcast where we are going to take a random dynasty trade off Twitter and we are going to analyse it and ultimately pick a side. So this was tweeted out by Fantasy Starts a few days ago. It is a 0.5 point per reception dynasty league. And on one side of the ball, we have got Zeke Elliott and Calvin Ridley and on the other side we have got Josh Jacobs and Mike Evans Trade of the day Who are you going for Tim? Well I mean it's got Zeke in it so you know which side I'm I'm going but um, (laughs) yeah I mean that's an interesting one isn't it Um, I mean you can see you can see what's going on with the trade obviously you're you're downgrading that running back or upgrading that running back and then you know it's it's flipping from the running back and wide receiver I mean some people will argue that you want the younger running back because the shelf life is is obviously a bit shorter for for running backs but Zeke uh, is actually still fairly young and say he's only just signed that that new contract last season so he's gonna he's gonna be a top three uh, running back for 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 years to come Uh, whereas you know Jacobs might catch up to him eventually but I I probably have the upside of of Calvin Ridley um, with and Evans obviously has Tom Brady for for a couple of years. So it'd be interesting to see how that dynamic works out. I think that the Tom Brady going over to to Tampa Bay kind of work at, works out more for Chris Goodwin more, more than Evans. So I I would probably side with Zeke and Zeke and Ridley just because uh, Ridley's got a bit more upside in, into him, and Zeke Zeke's got a very 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 high floor in PBR. Rob, what do you reckon? Yeah, that's a tight one. I've just been thinking about it as Tim was speaking there. I think I would probably lean Zeke just because I'm so high with Zeke. I've been on a now a big contract and, and settled, unlike you know the next wave of running backs coming through that you just you know Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, you know these things now. Dalvin Cook, these things are going to happen more and more often now to running backs. You don't get that problem with Zeke anymore. But he's had that problem. So I like that stability in Dynasty. Um, Calvin Ridley's a young, good receiver. I like him a lot this year, particularly. I've got him in my top 20. So um, I think I do lean with that, although I do love Josh Jacobs and I am a massive Mike Evans fan. But yeah, I think... If you, if you could guarantee me a bit more third down work and pass catch and stuff out of Jacobs, it becomes a very interesting conversation. But you, yeah. you can't... That's a question mark at the moment. That's probably what swings it for me. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think, yeah, that swings it for me as well. I'm on the Zeke side, just. What about you, Chris? Well, as it stands now, I'm going to uh, side with the field here. Well, not the field, but with Tim and Rob here. The Zeke and Ridley, there, there's really not much for me to say here that you guys haven't already said. You know, Zeke and Jacobs, both top 10 guys. Uh, we know Evans is a top 10 receiver. If Ridley does what uh, he's expected to do this season, he'll make a 
a leap, not a crazy leap, because he's already, what, 15-ish? He's a top 20 wide receiver, while uh, Evans is 7, 8, depending on your ranking. So I'm going to go with uh, the, the ceiling that Tim had said for Zeke is just astronomical. He, he does it all. He's a pass catcher. He can run all three downs, goal line work, all that. So uh, let's do a clean sweep unless you got something different for us, David. But I'm going uh, Zeke and Ridley here. Well, not just for the sake of entertainment, but I am going to disagree with the three of you. And I am a massive Josh Jacobs fan, and I am just hoping with all my will that we are going to get some more third-down work from this year. John Gruden's hinted at it already, uh, but um, let's hope we see it. And Mike Evans, I don't think uh, we're going to see as much production of of him this year with with Tom Brady, but this is the Dynasty League. Tom Brady's not going to be there for after two years maximum, so he's going to get another quarterback. And I know that's a long time to, to sit on a wide receiver, but equally, I'm not high on Ridley either. Um, while you've got Julio in the offense, I just don't think that we're going to see anything from Ridley that's any more than Mike Evans. So, Well, Mike Evans as well has also had a massive downgrade at quarterback. I mean, when you go from Jameis the likes of Tom Brady. I mean, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> Give me Jameis! <laughs> <laughs> another, another plug there for, for Jameis Winston. So, that concludes today's podcast. Tim, do you want to just give us a quick rundown as to what's happening in the full full 10 yards family at the moment? Oh, yeah, lots of, lots of stuff going on. Loads of articles going up on, on the website. Uh, everything from fantasy football to, to NFL. There's a, a fantasy-wise, uh, Andy Moore's recently done a, an article on um, dynasty-relevant players in the AFC East. Uh, you've got my part two of my fantasy nightmares uh, coming up very shortly as well. I've just put the finishing touches to that, so that'll be with you. And funny enough, we're, I do talk. When we talked about J, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, a bit earlier on. He, he's included in all the Pittsburgh wide receivers. So we break down that. I, I found some interesting things out when I, when I wrote that so keep your eyes your eyes peeled for that um we've got nfl uk from a uk standpoint uh, sean tyler did a, a cracking article on on uk players in the nfl flying flags for us brits this this year so uh, make sure you go and check it out but loads and loads of articles over on you know nfl fantasy football uh, and yeah, other obviously some nfl uk bits as well so make sure you go and check out check out the website wonderful and um, where can we find the the ftmy family on twitter and where can we find you tim now I'm F10Y uh, at uh, Tim underscore Monk F10Y, and obviously at Full Ten Yards is the place to be for all your for your, your all your content. Rob, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at FF Brit Baller, and um, have done a lot over the last couple of weeks. But um, as as I've alluded to a couple of times on this podcast, my rankings are four teams away from being done my initial stat-based rankings. So there'll be some teasers coming your way. Um, but we are working on something a bit deeper here at Full Ten Yards Fantasy. So uh, eyes peeled. Really excited to see that. And Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for for talking intercontinental with us this afternoon. So where can we find you on Twitter again as a reminder? Absolutely. I want to say thank you for having me. Uh, I fancy you guys and I fancy this podcast. I think that's the, uh, the right terminology. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, kind of I feel like it, it took us too long to get together. And uh, <laughs> unless I'm completely out of it, I think we should do it again here down the road. Definitely. And uh, you, can, you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. All my content and my work is published and it's out at uh, DFSCheatSheet.com. 
on Twitter. They're at DFS Cheat Sheet One. Um, love to have you, talk to you. We'll uh, have a conversation, comment, anything. DMs are always open. And as I've said uh, already once here, I've said it a million times all over the place. Uh, I think it's best if we can uh, help, love, and support each other. We can only grow and get better if we do that. So what's the harm in that? Uh, throw, out, throw out our egos and uh, love and support each other. That, that's all I got. And again, I can't thank you enough. I was actually, to be honest with you, a little nervous when I woke up this morning on the European tour and you guys couldn't have been nicer and uh, respectful of me. And I appreciate it because uh, I am from the United States across the pond, as you put it, right outside of Detroit. And I know when uh, friends or, or groups of people get together, it's not always easy for someone to come in and feel comfortable and uh, feel like they're basically at home and they can just get into what they want to say without any, uh, I, I don't want to say backlash, like I expected you guys to be you know, completely rude and drag me down, but I can't thank the hospitality enough. And I, I look forward to chatting with you guys and anybody else on Twitter. And I, I really do look forward to doing this again with you guys. So it's, thank you so much. It's all, it's all sex, drugs and rock and roll here, Chris. What do you think we do? What do you think we do in Detroit? I'm sure you've heard whatever stories you've heard about Detroit. They're all true. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. And like you say, let's, let's keep Twitter. Let's keep this fantasy football community a happy positive place where we work to better each other and that is exactly what we're all about here at the full 10 yards so i have been david davenport your host today you can find me on twitter at dav underscore f10y that concludes today's fantasy podcast and we hope to see you very very soon You've been listening to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at F10Y Fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL General, Fantasy Football, College Football and even Britball. Thanks for listening and remember folks, keep those eyes peeled.